The global pandemic has left millions of couples unsure of when and how they can get married. Hi, I'm Julie Sabatino, the owner of The Stylish Bride. And for the last 17 years, I've been working with clients on all of the fashion elements of their weddings. I know firsthand that as a bride today, you're faced with many hard decisions and lots of complicated feelings, but you also really want to enjoy this special time in your life. We're going to talk about all of it. Through interviews with industry icons, real brides, and some boots on the ground knowledge, I'm here to help you navigate the tricky waters of getting married in the time of COVID and hopefully have some fun along the way. Welcome to season two of the podcast. I am so glad you're here. So if you want to try it for yourself, and I recommend that you do, you can find it on their website, supaskincare.com. And as a special bonus for our listeners, enter the discount code TSB20 at checkout for 20% off. Hey, everyone. I am here today with one of my all-time very, very favorite clients, Willie Reckler. And I'm so thankful that you can be here today to share your story about the wedding you had planned and how it got postponed during COVID, all that went into that. And um, thank you so much for being here today, Willie. Thank you, Julie. I cannot overstate how much you meant for the entire wedding process for me from the first time I talked to you to helping me find the wedding dress of my dreams to kind of helping me with finding people to help me with planning and all different vendors and then down to teaching me how to steam my own crepe dress for (laughs) a socially distant wedding. So you're the best. (laughs) Thank you. I didn't even pay her to say that, but thank you so much. It was truly my pleasure. I loved working with you. It was a real highlight for me. So today, the reason that I asked Willie to talk on the podcast with me is because we had been working together for a year, a little more than a year by the, when COVID um, finally broke and her wedding was planned for early May. Ultimately, she decided to postpone and I just thought that it would be great information for brides and to just talk a little bit about what you went through and your thought process involved and then what you ended up actually doing instead. Tell us, let's start by giving the listeners just a little overview of what the original wedding looked like. Set the stage for us. Yeah, absolutely. So this wedding had been planned very far in advance because I was in medical school and was told, here's the window that you can get married. So I've been planning it for about two years or so. Um, We were going to get married in May at Blue Hill at Stone Barns. Uh, We were going to have about like 175 invitees, kind of had planned everything from, you know, at the point where we postponed, we had everything, like the invitations were out, everything was done. And we kind of were really excited for this big sit down meal with all of our closest friends and family, um, and all of our guests. And we're trying to make this really, you know, fun, intimate wedding, but for a lot of people. Yeah. And you were even as far along as knowing a lot of the decor and, you know, the timing of the day and all of that. You're like, you, you, you were pretty close. You were two months away. Yeah. So we were almost done. We had almost made it, but things happened. So 
tell everyone what ultimately made the decision for you back in March when you decided that, you know, you had to cancel? Like, how did you make that decision? How did it feel? As I mentioned, I was in medical school at the time. I would say like late February, early March, we started talking about what do we do if there's a pandemic? How do we keep the wedding as planned? (laughs) (laughs) So we were trying to figure out, you know, do part of our wedding was supposed to be in New York City for our Friday night dinner. And then we were supposed to have, you know, we were doing like a Friday night rehearsal dinner, but with all of our guests at Katz's Deli, we were very excited about that. But we thought, okay, maybe we eliminate the New York City part. We kind of keep everyone coming from out of town. We can get like a new hotel block, transfer everyone to somewhere like more in the Hudson Valley. Because we, I thought maybe this will just be a New York City problem. Yeah. I was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then we were talking about, I, I looked through my emails in preparation for this talk around early March. I also sent you an email like, how can I get my last dress fitting in yes. as soon as possible? We emailed Vera Wang and they were like, oh, you know, it's okay. Things will be fine. They're great. Like there was no way for them to know. I'm not blaming them. No. But you know, like, and they were like, I don't even think we can get this done for you earlier anyway. Yeah. And then I guess it was like around March 10th or 11th where things started closing down in New York or maybe a little bit, a few days after that. Yeah. And we kind of realized that this was probably not going to be safe for our guests from what I was reading and hearing in my community from how this spread and the people that were most sick. I felt like I didn't want to leave our guests kind of hanging and wondering what was going to happen if we were going to keep it or not. And from the things I was hearing from my friends who work in medicine in New York City, people were really sick. And so we kind of just, we gave ourselves like two weeks to make a final decision to let our guests know so they can cancel their flights and their hotels and not really, we didn't want people to worry. We had a lot of people coming from out of town. Yeah. So we didn't want anyone to feel like we were gambling with their health (laughs) or making any decisions that were unsafe. And so we postponed, I guess, like the, I don't know, the second or third week of March, probably. But we were pretty sure it was going to happen by the second week of March. We just were a little too, I was feeling emotional and sad (laughs) about kind of pulling the official trigger on that and was kind of hoping for a miracle that never came. (laughs) Absolutely. I think we were all holding our breath at that moment, really. We were still under the impression here that, oh, you know, things might clear up and kids could go back to school and, you know, oh, it's just through the mid of of April that everything is shut down. So it was such a hard call. Yeah, definitely. And I definitely have the, uh, like, advantage of the community that I worked in and kind of was able to, like, only because of, like, who my friends happened to be and that I was at, you know, a university that was affiliated with the CDC. (laughs) And so I really realized that this wasn't, this wasn't going to end anytime soon once it started spreading. And it definitely wasn't going to end by May 2nd. (laughs) So it was easier for me because I had a lot of like objective sciencey people in my life telling me this isn't going to work out. (laughs) Well, that, that makes perfect sense. And at least you had clear information, whereas I feel like there was a lot of confusion in general. So that's definitely helpful. And it's, I think that it, 
you brought up a great point of having your guests worry that you're putting their health at risk, even if you did try to keep it. I think that people really worry about that. I can understand how that's a big factor. Tell me, once you had canceled the wedding, where your thought process was about what you wanted to do. How did that go? Like, what was, I know that you did end up having a small wedding, but tell me like what you were thinking. At around the same time, we were deciding if we should postpone. We also were trying to figure out, okay, what's our, what's our next plan? And so for those not familiar with how like medical school and like the process of becoming a doctor works. So I was finished graduating from medical school and starting residency or intern year, which is like the first year of training as a doctor. And so the first year of residency is pretty brutal in terms of scheduling. So I said, we have to get married before I start residency. I was moving to a new state across the country. And so I was very committed. And so was my partner, Andrew, to we have to do this. Like we have to get married. Yeah. <laughs> And so we came up with all of these plans and a lot of them ended up getting canceled. We thought, why don't we go to a state with lower case volumes? We were going to just drive with our families and meet everyone in like rural Tennessee. And then cases started popping up there (laughs) and we were like, okay, this isn't so safe. And so a few different plans along the way, we realized like, "Hmm, I don't know what's going to work. Why don't we kind of give it a break? And then we waited until July. June. Sorry. I should know what month I got married. (laughs) (laughs) Probably seems like a long time ago already. (laughs) So in around May, we kind of things we'd been kind of living in the COVID era for a few months and everyone kind of realized what was expected, what were high risk things to do, what were not high risk activities to do. And everyone decided we were going to very strictly quarantine for two weeks. And then um, everyone, like my parents, Andrew's parents, our siblings and grandparents were going to meet at my parents' house for us to have a, a small wedding. Oh, that's amazing. So you flew in two weeks early from California and quarantined here and then mm-hmm. spent that time getting everything ready the last minute. So tell me, first of all, I have one question for you that we talked about a little bit before we got on the phone, but I had originally sent you like the questions that I was going to ask. I had called it a micro wedding and you brought up this great point that I hadn't even thought of about how that term doesn't sit well with a lot of people. And I'm just curious, like, can you talk a little bit about, because everyone in my industry, Instagram and everything is calling them micro weddings. And I think that it didn't occur to me that that isn't you know, necessarily something that works for everyone. So tell me what you think about that. Yeah, totally. I think that I even catch myself sometimes using phrases like that. But, you know, when I really think about it, or like, especially when I see it written down on Instagram and things like that, I think the the typical thing about any like phrase before the word wedding means that it's a qualifier. And it's saying that this is not your wedding. And so having just saying that it's my wedding is what I prefer and what some of my friends and our partners all prefer as well, because that's what it really is. It's it's our wedding. Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's a great point. I'm so glad you said it because it makes perfect sense. And I think that, um, I don't know who came up with the term micro wedding, but I can understand that it's not suited for everyone. Tell us about what you did end up doing. Yeah, so it ended up being really scary to plan at first and ended up being just really incredible and 
honestly, like more than I could have dreamed of. It was scary because I was really worried about the safety and health of everyone in my family. And to be fully honest, I was really scared to have everyone gather together. I was really worried about getting my parents sick. I was really worried about getting my grandparents sick. And so I was really uncomfortable, actually, with even having a small wedding at first, because, you know, we can have me and my partner can have a small courthouse, you know, like a courthouse wedding, and it will be great and meaningful. And basically, everyone in my family said to me, we have to be there. We don't care what the consequences are to our health. This is really important to us. And we really want to be there. We want to share that with you. And I was really hesitant. And after it took a lot of discussion to really get to that point where we all kind of felt safe. And even leading up to it, I still had some fears, of course. It was really meaningful and special. So we might, we got married at my parents' house and I never thought that I would want to get married at my parents' house. <laughs> um, it wasn't anything that I had thought of before, but it ended up being really the safest place to do it and yeah. ended up carrying a lot of meaning and bringing a lot of, it made it feel really intimate in a lot of ways that I wasn't expecting it to. I was worried that it would make it feel like it was my wedding instead of my partner in my wedding because it was at my parents' house. But there was a real like homeiness to it that made everyone was really comfortable. And that was really special. So yeah, and we were able to kind of with florals, a lot of it and just changing the lighting and adding a lot of candles changed this home that I spent so much of my time in growing up into my wedding venue. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So that was really cool to be able to kind of change that space too and change its meaning and made a really special weekend for us. I also was able to wear my, which we can talk about more as well after, but I was able to wear what was originally my dream wedding outfit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We do have to dive into that for sure. (laughs) Um, because I had ha- I had this fantasy kind of of wearing a white tuxedo um, with a veil for a long time, and kind of given the the wedding plans that we had at Blue Hill at Stone Barns with a lot of guests, it didn't seem like it would be the best fit to wear to that type of wedding, and so. I got to wear that dream outfit to my real wedding, <laughs> the and wedding that ended up awesome. happening. It was and awesome. And Julie, you, I sent you a photo of this veil that I loved. And, and it was from like four years ago in this photo. And somehow a couple of days later, it just shows up at my door. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you, I still don't know how you did it, but that was truly magic. I was so glad it worked out. You looked absolutely stunning. I mean, it's funny because getting to know you so much through this process, it was, it's almost like you were actually able to have what you really wanted all along in this smaller setting. And even though you didn't, you were excited about the, the larger wedding you were planning as well. Like you really got to do what you wanted to do. Yeah, definitely. I think that for me, I am a generally you know, more, I don't want to say reserved, but I love, I love parties. I truly love parties. But for this event, I, I really wanted it even for the bigger kind of iteration that we originally had wanted it to feel as intimate as possible and wanted to make sure I got a lot of time with my, the guests who were coming and wanted to 
kind of feel like I'm bringing people into this moment and sharing it with them. And so I was worried about how to make that happen, mostly for myself, (laughs) mostly for like, how would I view, how can I best enjoy this and best feel like I'm part of this moment and sharing it with everyone. And so I had always imagined, or I had thought that originally, you know, at a small, a smaller size wedding would be great. And so it kind of worked out for me. And I mean, it really couldn't have been more intimate (laughs) other than if it was just Andrew and I, but um, having my parents and my grandparents and our siblings there was just incredible. Given your level of concern with everyone, their safety, how did you feel about your vendors and the people that you did have to bring in to help you with the wedding? How did you tackle that? Yeah, definitely. Um, It was actually, we had a lot of conversations with everyone. So kind of starting from our photographer, his name is John Dolan. He's so awesome. Um, We had a lot of, (laughs) had a lot of back and forth, a lot of emails basically sent about, you know, how do we make sure that we're all safe? What are we all doing? So we're all on the same page because I don't want to get anyone sick, but even, you know, like I, I, there's no one that I feel comfortable getting sick, right. basically. And I want to make sure also that my family is protected. So we kind of had a, a lot of discussion about on both ends, not just with John, but with everyone, what are we doing to be safe? with our florist, Emily Thompson. She kind of came by the house and looked through the windows to see what what it looked like on the inside. And she kind of helped build this chuppah for our ceremony outside. And then basically, we kind of kept all the windows and doors open. And Andrew would be, everyone was wearing a mask. And Andrew, my partner, was, was basically like setting the table and organizing everything the people who are inside were kind of part of our little pod and then outside were the other kind of everyone else like working on the the flowers and things like that and then for hair and makeup I did that all virtually um (laughs) so cool it was actually so fun so I used Ashley Glazer for makeup and we had like three trials online and yeah. now I am so much better at doing my makeup. It was so awesome. That's such <laughs> a now, cool thing. Yeah. So now I look so much better when I go out and no one sees me <laughs> because I'm wearing a mask, but I know I look better. <laughs> and for and Olivia uh, Halpin, uh, we had some hair trials online as well. And also now I'm so much better at doing my hair. It's amazing. And then Julie, you and I also, we were all virtual for everything. So you were virtual when I had to get my clothes tailored. (laughs) (laughs) And when I realized like, oh my gosh, I have this crepe dress that I was going to wear for the beginning of the wedding to sign the ketubah, which is like the Jewish marriage contract. And it was totally wrinkled. (laughs) What do I do? (laughs) How do I safely kind of steam this and kind of having you there available to video chat with was really great. And it made for like really nice moments with my family since we all kind of did everything together and everyone was hanging out and we had like really special moments with my future sister-in-law and my brother's partner. We were all kind of steaming the stress together, like having this really like kind of cool bonding moment together. 
and you were there too, Julie, just virtually. (laughs) Awesome. I think that's actually something I should put out there in the world. That's cool. (laughs) Yeah. So it just made it, it made it also really, it made it feel intimate, but I still had the guidance of all the experts, which is important. (laughs) That's great. It really is. Did you feel like you were able, like you were satisfied with the outcome of the hair and the makeup that you could do from home? Like you felt good and it worked. Yeah. I mean, obviously it's not as good as it would be if they were there. You know, everyone that I worked with was so good at making me feel like myself more than anything. And that was really the most important thing to me. Like, this is not a perfect time (laughs) in our collective history. I wasn't expecting anything about, you know, our wedding to be like, quote unquote, perfect. I didn't want like perfect wedding photos. I didn't want everything to look totally like put together. And there's such a wide range of emotions that we are all going through right now. And I really wanted to honor that. And even if it's just like me having slightly uneven eyelashes, because I <laughs> myself, like a kind of reminder of that, even if it's really small, like I, I felt um, really privileged to be able to like honor that, but also like get a lot of help. <laughs> that's, that's a perfect way of putting it. Now, was there anything that day that was more of a challenge than you thought it would or did you hit any roadblocks, I guess, or bumps in the road is maybe a better way of putting it. Um, I think that in some ways, maybe, you know, we didn't have any help to, I didn't want any planners there, coordinators. We were trying to kind of keep everything to the bare minimum for event. And so the fewest people possible, like, you know, in and around the house. It was fun um, to kind of be coordinating things as they were going on. But that definitely was something that was a little hard, like running around, getting all like of the flowers together right before the kind of glitches that come with that. But I wouldn't say it was necessarily a challenge. It was just part of the experience. And even though in some ways it was maybe like a little bit stressful, it was still kind of like fun. And I tried to just be in the moment as much as I can and think about how like amazing it is that I get to participate in all of those parts of the wedding that honestly, like I wasn't going to be part of with the original plan because I've been so privileged to be able to have wedding planners and people that were going to help me with all of those things. But being part of it was really awesome. That's such a great way of looking at it. I think a lot of people would just get really stressed out and feel overwhelmed, but it looked like from the photos that I saw from John that were just so amazing that you sent me, it looked like a really amazing dinner party that was just at your home with the people that you love. That was a celebration of you guys. So I'm glad that you were able to step back and enjoy it and kind of get yeah. involved. It's cool. It's like you were moonlighting as a wedding event planner for the night. <laughs> Yeah, it was really fun. And some of my favorite photos are of like Andrew kind of putting the flowers on the table or like running around and doing things or me still in my pajamas after I had like done my hair and makeup, like moving my dress around and like walking around the house carrying my dog. (laughs) Things that I would, photos that I wouldn't have had otherwise that are kind of, you know, a reminder of that time. And also photos of like my grandma waiting anxiously for things to start because I, because I was like running around and running late. She was just sitting there waiting. And I kind of love that. That's awesome. <laughs> now, did you do a full like down the aisle? Did your dad walk you or your both of your parents 
walked you? Yes. My brother was in charge of music. Okay. <laughs> there were some glitches, but it's pretty funny. Um, so my brother was in charge of music and um, Andrew and I made a playlist for the event. So for the ceremony, I told Andrew to, to yell to my brother, like when to press play. <laughs> we didn't have like a video, you know, we put like a video camera on a tripod and just like press record. So we do have a video, but it's like only of one angle. Like, it's fine. <laughs> so we had like a song playing on the speakers in the house. Andrew walked down with his parents and then I walked down with my parents. Those were actually things, to be totally honest, that I didn't know if I wanted for our wedding. I didn't know if I wanted to for our wedding with all of these guests. I wasn't sure if I wanted those things, like being walked down the aisle by my parents or having like a kind of traditional song or having a first dance. Those were things that I had not been so sure if those were things I wanted or needed because you know, I thought, well, those are like traditions and I want to make my own traditions. But having such a like a smaller, more intimate wedding, those having those like kind of set moments kind of bring you into what is going on. I was really glad that I that we ended up doing those. So like we had, you know, we played a song <laughs> for our first dance and we we had it outside and that was really nice. And even though there were not that many of us, my brother played the hora, <laughs> put the hora on. <laughs> That's awesome. The photos from that are just incredible. Keeping those traditions, especially in a smaller setting, felt like they brought a lot more meaning back to them, at least for me. That's great advice, actually, because... I remember um, in the first couple of months of working together, you really were struggling with incorporating a lot of those traditions and, you know, how to have a wedding that felt true to you, but still was kind of what everyone expected in a wedding. And whether it was bridesmaids or white dresses or the order of the events of the original, like you were actually going to do something really cool, which was have the cocktail hour first and then, and go to it in your tuxedo. And then- yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, am I not supposed to say that? What if it happens? Um, but, <laughs> no, it's okay. okay. It's fine. I'll just tell our guests that they can't listen to this episode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you can rewear the tuxedo. Um, but, you know, that would have been really cool and totally untraditional and something that, you know, even after the hundreds of weddings I've done, I've never seen it happen. And then walk down the aisle, you know, we would put a wedding dress on you. So you were doing all of these unique things. And, oh my gosh, I totally forget what my point was now. I think that some of what you're saying, though, is really that I think something that we had talked about, Julie, is that when you're having a lot of guests, there's a lot of pressure to make the experience as their host as comfortable and enjoyable for them as possible. And so for a lot of people and people maybe that are like me, or I think a lot of people in general, though, feel like, well, that doesn't leave a lot of room for me to express myself and what my relationship is and who I am as a person. And when it comes to weddings and, you know, for people who are cisgendered and heterosexual couples, it just can sometimes feel very confining. And I felt that a lot and felt a very strong desire to kind of say, like, I want to kind of look outside of this box, but I still want to provide like a great experience for my guests. And so finding those little ways, like wearing a purple wedding dress, which is what, which is what my plan was. That was <laughs> going to be so magnificent. Wearing, <laughs> and wearing a tuxedo to the cocktail hour or like the ways that people could still have an enjoyable time, but I could 
express my individual individuality and Andrew and I could express like ourselves in some way. And so having a you know, smaller wedding with a lot less people, especially people, everyone knows me so well and knows Andrew so well, really kind of let us throw a lot of that out the window and it could be exactly what we wanted it to be, which actually provided a lot of room to have those more traditional events like a first dance or dancing with my dad, which were things I thought, oh my gosh, like I can't do that. I don't want to like uphold the patriarchy. (laughs) (laughs) But, But when you're with your family and they... Everyone knows there knows really who I am and to be able to have that moment with my with my father and have other moments with my mother kind of have these touch points of what this day is. It the traditions um meant something different to me than they had meant before. But they meant what they were supposed to mean in the first place. I think that it's wonderful the outcome of this because it boils it all down to the fact that you're there to marry the person that you love, surrounded by the people that you love most. And that's what weddings are. That's what they've always been. And sometimes I do feel like it gets lost in all of the hoopla and the Instagrammable moments and all of these things that, you know, of course, are a big part of weddings today. But it sounds like you really boiled it down to the essence of the love that you have for him and your families. And that sounds like magic. Honestly, it felt like it was magic to me. Yeah. Um, you know, it's probably not for everyone is really different, but for me, it was perfect. And my parents, they're amazing. And they were really nervous about this. They thought that it wouldn't feel that special because to them, they, you know, in their experiences, they had mostly been to really big weddings, whether, you know, especially Jewish weddings where there's a big hora and everyone's dancing and close. And I think that they were really worried about what the experience would be and how much they would be missing that. But of course, they were so incredibly supportive of of this wedding. You know, they wanted us to get married no matter what, too. But when it was kind of all over and we had, we all spent the next day together, my parents were both telling me how surprised they were about how amazing it was and how special it was and how they still were able to kind of get those moments that they had imagined as parents, you know, having their kid get married and where it felt like they, they got those feelings that they thought that they could only get from a bigger wedding. That's amazing. Oh my gosh. It's, it's incredible. It's like the way that it was meant to be for you. Yeah. (laughs) Do you think that you will eventually have the larger party that you had originally planned or? Yeah, we definitely want to. I mean, right now also just having things to celebrate is really, you know, important. Not in a way to say like we should be distracted, but just finding like moments where we can, can kind of focus on some things that are special or bring people together. So yeah, as soon as we safely can have our bigger event, then we definitely will. It also now because of the way that we had our wedding kind of give us gives us more wiggle room also to kind of play with the format because now you know, we don't necessarily need a ceremony per se. I don't know exactly how we'll do it. But you know, it's not necessarily a wedding anymore. It's more of a celebration. 
I'm still hoping to wear that purple dress. I was just going to say, but you have to wear the purple dress. It's so magnificent. Oh, my gosh. So I'm going to find a way. You have to find a way. A dramatic moment with yes. my purple dress and my very cool oh. veil. I think overall, it, it becomes like a celebration. And, you know, we want to do that as soon as we safely can. Yeah. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. And it sounds like for you, you really got the wedding that you wanted. And so that does free you up to do what you really want that party to be also. It worked out really beautifully. Yeah, absolutely. And then kind of on the flip side of that, obviously, you know, this is something that I wanted, but something that I know some of my friends have experienced and that I too have experienced is also the feeling of loss that and like mourning for that for the wedding that we had planned, especially since we had planned it, like most people, you know, you plan your your wedding far in advance now, because that's kind of what most people have to do. And I'm assuming a lot of people who are listening to this podcast have to do or whatever they, you know, that's what they do for in their industry. And so I experienced a lot of mixed emotions about it, even though I still ended up having kind of what I originally wanted, because I still was so excited about the the wedding that we had planned and I was excited to get that time with my friends and you know my friends my best friends weren't at our wedding and some really close family friends weren't there and so there's still that side of things and especially because Instagram is kind of this um there if you are you know looking for things for your wedding or for inspiration there's just so much out there and so I think that sometimes it was hard to look at those <laughs> because yeah. I, I part of me felt like ah oh, like I I am really sad I didn't I didn't have that experience the one that even if it's even if it ended up working out really well for me it was still it still felt not great at times <laughs> right no that makes perfect sense it is still a loss and I would imagine your mom felt it too and you know because there's so much love and energy and time and money goes into planning a wedding and then to just you know, you can see it in your head. You spend so much time envisioning this. To have it not happen is kind of surreal. Yeah, definitely. It felt really surreal. And I felt, I think a lot of people felt a lot of guilt for feeling terrible about not having their weddings because there's just so much going on. And, you know, with COVID, people have been so sick and people are having just really terrible times. And there's just you know, like so much loss going on. And it felt, you know, especially in like early March, I felt so guilty for feeling bad. Yeah, I've heard that <laughs> um, a lot, Especially, actually. yeah. And I, a lot of my friends have told me that as well, especially since I, as I said, like I've been so privileged to be even able to postpone my wedding when I also have friends that have not been able to. And so, you know, they lost their deposit and that's it, you know? And so I felt definitely guilt for that, for feeling that way. And, you know, just realizing that how lucky I am and trying to, you know, find like we ended up having a great wedding. And I think, you know, I, I just hope that, you know, I think it's okay to be to mourn yeah. <laughs> what I lost, but also keeping it in perspective was really important for me and being like supportive of my friends who didn't have all of the same things that I did. You know, they couldn't, I am still just, I get to still do it just later. I feel really lucky for that. My heart breaks for the people that aren't going to have that. I do think that 
with weddings, it's, it's a moment with that you're so excited for. There is a lot of shaming going on about that and about the loss and the people that are engaged right now, if they're excited about it, it's like, how can you be excited when all of this is going on? And I think it's so important to remember that it's okay to have those feelings. It's, it's absolutely natural and it is a loss. That doesn't mean that it minimizes anything else. You know, it's, yeah, you just acknowledge definitely. It. Definitely. And I think like the, it really is such a, I think a really, a really seriously privileged time to be able to get married. And, you know, for us having that incorporated into our ceremony, acknowledging like the, the uprisings that have been going on all over the country about racial injustice and acknowledging that a kind of everything that's been going on with COVID and how it's impacted all of our lives. It's, I think, important for people to, to kind of acknowledge that because that's part of our world every day anyway. And so kind of being in a place where we can honor that and it's really like accepted also is really nice. And it was something that was always important to me and to Andrew for our wedding in kind of the middle of all of these things kind of going on in our world that is creating so much, you know, a lot of people are really stressed <laughs> yeah. and being able to kind of deal with that and acknowledge it and not like you said, minimize it, but really highlight it and say like, and these things are important and we need to talk about them. And at the same time, we can still like experience love and come together and, you know, celebrate our family. Yeah. And, you know, I think another aspect of it that I don't know that people often think about is that in deciding to postpone but not cancel, you're actually supporting an entire industry that's badly hurting because so much of the wedding industry right now is struggling and we've lost an entire season, which basically sustains businesses for the rest of the year. And when you're able to, and of course, if you're not, it's, but when you're able to continuing that and, you know, having people have the confidence that the revenue will be there at a later date. It's just, it's a great thing to do for the industry also. So it yeah, keeps absolutely working, which is great. Yeah, I agree. I, th I think that was something that my parents and I, because uh, my parents were really involved in all the planning and we talked about a lot was how do we make this fair for everyone? Um, not just ourselves, because we are able to do so. Of course, it's different for everyone's yeah. situation financially, especially during COVID is different. But for us, it, you know, making sure that it wasn't just something that benefited us, we weren't looking to get our deposits back. And so if you're able to do that, I definitely encourage people to do so. Yeah, no, it's that's a wonderful thing. And yeah, I, I think that everyone in the industry that has clients as wonderful as you is so thankful for them because when you're able to, it, it does help. Anyway, with all of that said, anything else with that, any other tips or words of advice that you have for brides that are getting married this coming year that you would leave them with? Oh my gosh, that's so hard. I think everything is just like such an individual decision. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in terms of- That is of a hard question. I sort of- <laughs> <laughs> You know, what people feel safe with and what they don't, I would say- you know, to people that aren't sure what to do. I, of course, very biasly recommend getting married <laughs> because I, for me also, I had waited so long to get married um, and I didn't want to really wait any longer <laughs> yeah. from the wedding planning process. But I hope that this will 
you know, it won't be too long before people can gather in large groups again. But I just hope that people do what is safe, but also do what they need to do to take care of themselves. And if you want to get married, you should get married. <laughs> yeah, it's great advice. Don't wait for the wedding. We don't know when it's going to happen. So do it and then have a huge fun celebration afterwards when it's safe to do yeah. so. Willie, thank you so, so, so much. I just think that all of the advice and perspective that you've given people today is just so invaluable and, and really wonderful. And um, thank you for sharing it. And I've been so lucky to work with you. So thank you for that too. Thanks, Julie. You're the best. And if any of you listening are considering working with Julie, just do it. (laughs) She did not tell me to say that. I didn't, I swear. I just want everyone to know. I tell everyone, talk to Julie. You're the best. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you, Willie. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us today. I hope it was helpful. I'd love to hear from you. So please reach out if you have any questions or if you just want to say hi. Either way, send me a DM on Instagram. My handle is at the stylish bride. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. So you never miss an episode on how to be dressed, styled and down the aisle. Bye for now. Bye.